Kids Window Nation semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Go Birds Podcast. Podcast presented by the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app, and we freaking made it. Elliot Shore Parks on the sidelines yesterday. Happy place. He's got his notepad. He's taking notes. He's got the tracking going on. The the Elias Sports Bureau is checking in with him <laughs> to make sure the stats are the correct stats. How's it feel? I, I, what up, buddy? This is this is the ultimate, uh, like me just asking Elliot questions because I was at a fish show the last two nights. Like I am yeah, as checked been, uh, out on what's been happening as as anyone could be. Like I don't even know. Like something like huge could have happened down there, and I have no idea. So it's going to be well, an informative pod for me. It is funny. First, good to see your face. Good to oh, hear I your voice. You, buddy. Uh, yeah, I will give you credit. Like when you. And everyone should know this. And I'm going to say it to give you props. Like, James is off this week. James is not working. This is PTO <laughs> right now that yeah. James is working. Um, and I give you credit for that. But also, I'll say, you are very good. Like, when you go on vacation, and it's a staycation, I guess. To yes. yes. You are very good at checking out. I'm not good at that. Right? But like, <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, like, me, we'll, like, text you. Me and Jack are texting you. I don't think you've responded in the baseball <laughs> chat since the <laughs> started like, 36 hours ago or whatever. But while you've been in your happy place yes. at the fish show, oh, I've been buddy. in my happy place, man. Yes. Like it, it feels, and I will say, I am sad that there's no practice today. So we're recording this on a Thursday. Practice was on a Wednesday yesterday. It's like, not to sound like an old player, like Richie and like Ike. And like, <laughs> but come on, man. Like camp at least is supposed to be like two, three days in a row. To start. Uh, I feel like I'm there should be you. something along those lines. So 
The one benefit, though, is we can really talk about yesterday. I can really let you know everything that happened. Done a few WIP hits since then, which are mm-hmm. in the feed, and uh, we have the interviews in the feed, too. But this will be my chance to like really dive into it for more than like eight or nine minutes at a time. So it brings me that excitement of getting able to relive practice again in a way. Yeah. And again, I'm living it for the first time. I literally know nothing. I know yeah. zero things Cut that, that happen in practice. Good, uh, good, uh, good drop. Uh, it's like right I'm there. a man of bad takes, right? Like exactly. that one. Yeah, there's your uh, version. <laughs> that's my version. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's look, I think that uh I think the Eagles are kind of like flexing their uh we won the training camp debate last year. We were right. No one can mess with us yes. anymore because we had 22 of 22 starters and ready for the Super Bowl. And we started eight. No. And like all the stuff you're worried about, guess what? We proved it wasn't true. So like, right. we're going we're gonna to do whatever though we want, but I'm with you. Like every other day is like, like, it's so funny. You hear like Richie, perfect example. Cause I hear it all the time when he'll talk about like the, like agita and angst he used to get yeah. before training camp, like knowing training camp was coming and knowing that he was going to get like, the crap kicked out of him and he was going to be like two a days and Andy Reed and like intensity and like pushing sleds and all that. And it's like, it really is. And again, again, not saying they're not doing it right. They win. They're right. But it is, it is to your point. It's like a completely different world now for that. Yeah. Well, and I'll say this. So last year, um, obviously, and we'll get into the training camp stats, by the way, I think I'm going to do something. You tell me if you think this is a good idea or not. I think I'm going to create a Google Doc that all the like roadies, real one out can log into and check the training camp stats. Daily. Whoa, that's pretty high tech, right? I feel like that's pretty cool. Oh, Should buddy, yes, yeah. cooling we, people we, in. Uh, real one, Justin showed me how to do it. So like, we're oh, ready to shout out to real one, Justin. Yeah, I met a couple real ones at the fish show. By the way, really? shout out to Eric. Shout out to Julian. Met a couple. Wow. came up. I'm a roadie. I'm a real the, one. The, I was like, hell yeah, buddy. <laughs> the My people. Audience. I love you more than other people here. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Yes. I'll give you credit. You're, you are very energetic for two straight days of being at the I like, know. <laughs> when the light goes on, buddy, you know like, me. Yeah, like, you're, you're a star. As soon you're as we're done recording, I am like climbing into bed and watching TV for the rest of the day with zero yeah. energy. So I'm just, I'm, I'm laying it all out right now. Well, I have a dentist appointment at three o'clock. So I am not excited about that. I'll give you credit too. You're probably like you going recently that my other friend Sam went. I'm like, I should really go. I Good guarantee you. something's going to need my to be man. done. But yeah, fingers well, it's crossed. worth going. It's worth yeah. going. Trust so, me, I've got a lot of dental work. So to circle Good. all the way back uh, yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah, Eagles. Hey. Yeah, right. <laughs> yesterday they did 21 reps on the first team offense. The first day of camp last year, they did 20. So not a, obviously not a big difference. It's just one more rep. But it wasn't fewer reps. So I think coming into camp, I was curious to see. Last year, Hertz did, it was like 416 first team reps. I wanted to see if it was going to be more or less on the pace for more, only by a handful. But <laughs> to, to, to your point, like they've earned the benefit of the doubt. There, there is part of me that feels like, hey, do a tough training camp. You're coming off the Super Bowl. Like send a message in camp. But the decision maker in me would always lean towards how they do things because we know it works. So day one, it was definitely a physical practice. Red zone are always the most intense competitive drills. Even the seven on sevens are intense. So it was a good practice, but only, you know, 58 minutes. Got the reps in, which is really all that matters. It's not the final time. It's the reps. And they got more reps in than last year. So an impressive first practice, I guess I would say, well, for how they handled it. You've always said, too, that, you know, being 
down there with the Sirianni practices that they feel intense for the time yeah. that they are, that you feel like they, it might only be an hour, but they get it in, in that hour. Yeah. So, all right, let's dive in. Um, I can't let's believe we've it. gone six minutes without just like <laughs> diving into all your takes on again. I know nothing. All right. So the floor is yours. Like where, where yeah. do you normally, I just be like, hurts. Tell like, like, what do you, what do you feel like should be so, the lead? You're, this is the I first training camp pot of the season elliot the floor is yours buddy. i feel like i'm back in college where you have to like decide what the main topic is and like that oh so, yeah all right Here, here's what i think all eagles fans should know off of yesterday nolan smith man like i have not been <laughs> this in on a player like maybe since jordan matthews like wow. this is i am and i am like planting my flag firmly nolan smith was awesome yesterday and i think to and I, I haven't said this, but I think it's like such a good sign. So Nolan Smith yesterday runs with the second team uh, defense. He's there with the second team defensive line. First play, first snap, gets around the edge, gets past the offensive tackle, gets to Marcus Mariota. And he doesn't strip the ball from him, but Mariota has to move up. He's clearly uncomfortable after being moved off of his spot. And the ball shakes loose and he drops it. So Nolan Smith didn't didn't force the fumble, but that fumble doesn't happen without Nolan Smith getting there. So no, that was one standout play from him. Um, when you watch him run in the open field, it's it's extremely impressive to me for a player that is that size and is playing that position. Again, I don't think he's undersized. It's not like when you say a safety that converted to linebacker is a really good athlete for that position. Like, no, Nolan Smith is a defensive end. He is a defensive end's body. But the way he moves – it's just his first step is it's incredible. Uh, Lane Johnson said afterward that he's been really impressed with him. Brandon Graham said he's been really impressed with him. I just, I can't believe this dude fell to him at 30 it's day one snap one. Like I understand that he has a long way to go to prove things. And as much as I'm creating this hype, of course you should give him time to adjust the NFL. But I think the Eagles should be just so excited about what they got in him. So excited about what they saw in practice. I just, I think he's going to be really, really good. You love him. You I'm telling you, man. I think this dude Nolan is going to be Smith. awesome. You love Nolan Smith. Yeah. I do too. I think he looks He's great. like my Nicobe. But you, yeah, he person. clearly is. Yeah. He's like, and look, I think he's, you know, I, I wanted them to draft him at 10, you know, much less uh, yeah. 30. So I'm, I'm excited about it. I think the upside with this kid is through the roof, the athletic ability, all that stuff. D to the point you made, though, look, he is still someone who he's going to have to, they're going to have to figure out how to use them the right way. And luckily, you know, with Reddick, it's a perfect spot and all that to, to know how to use players like that and all that, but give this kid a chance. Like he is not a prototypical step right in edge rusher right this second well, he in the NFL. Have to be too. That's yeah, but that's nice my point. Right? Yeah. yeah. You give him a chance to, to learn from these guys to, to develop his body a little bit more to bulk up a bit and all that. And, yeah. To your point, I think the future is super bright. And, and we haven't, we haven't talked on his shoulders and all that too. Yeah. We haven't talked to him yet in, in camp. Obviously we've talked to him since he's been here, but that's the other exciting part about it too. Like players, I forget who it was yesterday, compared him to Brandon Graham in the way that when he walks in the building, there's, you know, a smile on his face. Uh, he never, it looks like he never had a bad day. So I just think there's a lot to be excited about with him. Ultimately, I think how much we like a player's personality is almost always dictated on how good they are. There's very few players that were like, wow, what a great leader and guy that, that aren't that good. So Nolan Smith will have to produce on the field. But yeah, I think to me, like the, and it's funny, actually all the Georgia guys were probably the standouts on yesterday, but I think the, the main kind of on the field play that I took away was, was how good Nolan Smith looked. All right. The other Georgia guys stood out too, though. 
Like yeah. talk, talk about the other three or four or whatever. Well, let me say this as someone that has big cheeks. So like whenever I like when I can always tell when I'm putting on weight by how big my cheeks look, <laughs> Jordan Davis, I can see it in his face. The dude has lost weight. He's lost weight. Like I just, when you watch him walk around, you look at his face, not without his, and he looks slimmer too. You can kind of see it like in his upper body, but with, with the helmet on, on the field, he still looks like a huge human. Obviously he's not like, you know, 220 pounds now. Like he's still the biggest guy out there besides Jordan Mailata, but you can see that he slimmed down. And I think it has shown and it, it showed in that first day of practice. There were not many times last year. I'm sure there's one or two I'm forgetting. But I feel like there weren't many times where we came on the pod and I was like, man, Jordan Davis had a great day of practice or Jordan Davis really shined. I think in general, he didn't really pop last year outside of physically how big he was. There was a play I remember. It's 11 on 11s, uh, first team versus first team. The ball is snapped. And the first thing I noticed, and which is telling because normally I'm looking at the quarterback, the receivers, whatever. First thing I noticed was Jordan Davis getting up and just pushing back two offensive linemen into the pocket, just pushing them back. So we've had the Jordan Davis discussion a lot. And over the last few months, there's been no real content to kind of change the discussion. Like we all know he has to rush the passer. Everyone agrees on it, whether you're high on him, low on him, worried about him. Think last year was injuries, like wherever you feel about him, all that matters is if he can rush the passer. And he did that yesterday. Didn't get a sack, but like collapsing the pocket is what really matters. If you're a defensive tackle, you want to get sacks, but if he well, can actually a nose pocket, tackle, particularly like, yeah. And that's the other thing, too, where when he was drafted, it was like uh, he had some saying it was maybe like, you know, two on me. So the others eat or two on me. So someone's free, something like that. Yesterday, he looked like someone that two players are going to have to potentially guard um, or block. So that was impressive. You know, it wasn't like throughout the whole practice, but that play caught my eye uh, because they need pass rush from up front like we don't know what Jalen Carter is going to be Fletcher Cox is a year older Milton Williams with more snaps who knows Marlon Tuapolotu is more of a run stopper so if Jordan Davis can be just a B plus B pass rusher that will that uh, that will be really big so that play really stood out to me uh yesterday yeah, look go out and get the best athletes in the country who play at the best program you know I like I know it's like simple and stuff but we keep saying this but like these guys are uber athletes like again I know I say it all the time Jordan Davis for his size one of the best athletes we've ever seen for his size you know like pure athlete I always think about this someone asked me recently um like would they redo the pick if they could like if they could go back and draft somebody else and I remember when we recorded the pod after they drafted and maybe it was before but it was around that time and I wasn't as high on the pick and you were, but something you said always sticks with me, which is like, just take the biggest defensive lineman. Like, I mm-hmm. think sometimes it's as simple as that. And, and if you look, there's really not many players around him that you would go, okay, I would definitely take that guy over Jordan Davis. I think we talk so much about different decisions the Eagles make on this pod and ultimately how it plays out is a bit out of their control, but all that can make sense is a process behind the decision. And while I have definite concerns about if he could be more than a run stopping nose tackle, which would make it a bit of a poor process. I think that if you're a team that consistently just drafts the best athlete in the draft at defensive tack, a defensive line among those top 30 picks, you're going to hit. And so we'll see if it takes him a few years. We'll see if he does it this year, but it is encouraging just to see like, he looks in great shape. He's a great personality guy. He talks all the time. He's a leader. And so to see him start to make plays, like maybe he is just way more comfortable this year. Love it. I mean, again, it, football, I feel like more than any other sport, it takes time 
for guys to to get to where they need to be. Like it is a yeah. massive jump to go from college, even playing at Georgia, which is like high level college football, to go to the NFL. Like it just is a big leap, and the guys are bigger, faster, and stronger. And it's you're gonna have to just be better. You're gonna have to work harder and all that stuff. So it's it's a leap. Uh, it's great to hear. All right, let's get to uh, what's your number two thing that stood out. I'm assuming. Hurt's yeah, I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna lose count at one point. Um, so Jalen Carter. I will give other beat writers credit for this. I didn't like see a great practice from him. Others have said that he got behind the line and made a few plays against the run. I did see one play where he got behind and looked like he was a, if it was a, if it was a game, he would have tackled the running back. Other beat writers seem to be encouraged by what they saw from him. There was a period at the end of the day where it was like the last team period. Uh, it was second team versus second team. I believe he did jump off sides. There was a stretch up. Uh, of three straight plays where penalties were called and Nick Sirianni really got into the face of the players and were like, this is how you lose to bad teams. We can't have pre-snap penalties. I do sense an emphasis from Sirianni. If you look back at the Super Bowl, pre-snap penalties and that substitution issue or personnel issue they had at the start of the fourth quarter, it does seem like he's emphasizing that early on. They're they're doing a lot more sideline work in terms of having the guys at the sideline as opposed to just staying behind wherever the – um wherever the ball is being snapped, which is normally how they do in training camp. So Sirianni does seem to be adjusting to what some of the issues in the Super Bowl were. And credit to him. We've talked about that. Like he is very good at taking a problem and fixing that problem. So that's one thing I noticed in the first practice. But back to Jalen Carter, to me, he didn't really stand out. He doesn't look as big. Maybe my perception of it is, is warped because Jordan Davis is a, an elite defensive tackle body. Nolan Smith is exactly what you want in an edge rusher body. To me, Jalen Carter looks like not un, undersized is not the right word, but he doesn't look like he has a, a, a special, like a unique physical characteristic where he just catches your eye. If you, if you've never watched football and you just stand them all in a line, I don't think he has a unique physical characteristic, but clearly we know he's good at football. You saw that at Georgia. He's, he has great technique, those type of things. Um, but yeah, yesterday he didn't do anything besides that one play against the run where it like super stood out to me. All right. What else? Well, all right. So we did Nolan Smith, Jordan Davis, uh, Jalen Carter. Should we, should we talk about your boy? Should sure. We talk about Nicobe? Yeah, sure. Man. Another day where Christian Ellis made a big play and Nicobe did not. Yeah. Doesn't mean Nicobe had a bad practice. I, I'm he, not, I, I'm not overrating I, it. You know I know I'm you're not. not. Now yeah. I will say. And people tweeted me this and props to all those people. It is not Nakobe versus Christian Ellis. No, Christian Ellis took snaps from Nicholas Moreau yesterday. So Nakobe is going to be out there. I mean, maybe if Christian Ellis plays really well and Moreau does too, they would make a switch there. But didn't really see anything from Nakobe yesterday. Uh, it's just a little concerning to me that every time we see this guy practice, he just doesn't stand out. But maybe he's a gamer. Maybe Could have you said know, the same the thing about Jalen. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Just saying, he didn't send out yesterday. Uh, from a depth chart perspective, I can get into some of that stuff. Nolan Smith and Nicholas Moreau were the starting linebackers. Christian Ellis was the top backup behind Moreau. And then Sean Bradley was the top backup behind uh, Nicobe Dean. Dean. You mean you said uh, uh, Nolan Smith and. Oh, sorry. Moreau. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nicobe Dean and Moreau were the starters. Ellis was behind Moreau and Sean Bradley was behind Nicobe, which is good news for Nicobe because. There's no depth. That is unbelievable. Yeah, they I mean, have, that they is have no about depth 
like even safety and we talk about, you know, like even with just Terrell Edmonds and Reed Blankenship, like even those two guys have played so many more NFL games than like just in terms of NFL games played. And I know Mara played last year, like really, really short on experience and in the linebacker position. I can't remember if we've talked about this on the pod, but do you think they a will and B would you play like Nakobe Reed, Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter, like these are key players for this defense. Like they definitely check the get them to health, get them to to the week one healthy like priority list. But would you play them more in the preseason? Like would you give them more snaps? Um, look, you know me, I'm not a huge preseason snaps guy. Like I don't right. care that much. I don't need to see people play that much. I don't. So like I don't really care. Like if you feel like they're getting the work in practice, fine. I don't need to see them in preseason game. But like especially like Nicobe, sure, I get second year guy. I'll, you know. When I think also for linebackers, it's hard to shine unless you're in a preseason game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, in in a practice. practice. Yeah. Regardless, I I don't, I think Nicobe's a gamer. I don't, I'm, that's always been the thing that I've thought. I think when it matters, he'll move around, he'll make plays. But I, I'm just not too worried about preseason snaps. Like, I don't think they matter that much personally. Yeah. But I, I'll just be curious to see how their philosophy, I was going to ask Nick, but like he's, no, and no offense to him, he's probably not going to tell me the truth, and they probably don't know right now. Right, but right. we'll see what they what they end up doing. But I'll be in, very interested in seeing Nakobe in the re- it, I, I would like to see him in a preseason game. Like I just want to see him with the pads on in a game before it matters. He's going to start mm-hmm. week one unless he has just an atrocious next three weeks or month. But I would like to see him see him in that. So, oh, I mean Keely Ringo. I'll just do the last Georgia guy now since we've done them all. Keely Ringo was with the third team cornerbacks. He was on the outside. Here's like my first official training camp prediction. Mm -hmm. I think Keely Ringo is prime fake injury spends the year on IR guy. Wow. Really? So if you look at the cornerback position, obviously Slay, Bradbury, Maddox are going to make the team and be the starters. They're locks. Zach McPherson has been playing at nickel and, but also can play on the outside. He got first team. So Avante Maddox was limited, didn't do team reps yesterday. So Zach McPherson got the first snaps in there at nickel. So I think McPherson is probably going to make the team. I agree. I agree with that. Greedy Williams, they signed, was a priority free agent for them. Not a ton of money, but he was one of the first free agents they signed. He plays on the outside. He has NFL experience, arguably better right now than Keely Ringo. So that's five. So you're already at five corners. Josh Job yesterday was the top starting outside corner after like he was with Greedy Williams. So it was Josh Job, Greedy Williams, and then Zach McPherson. So those were the backups. That's six. Josiah Scott has played in the NFL. He plays nickel. They, they've at times had him play safety. He has versatility. Makai Gardner is someone they really like. Eli Ricks is someone they really like. I think Keely Ringo, they can't cut Keely Ringo. He will not make it through waivers if they cut him. So he either needs to, be on IR or he needs to be on the 53 man roster. He's not a practice squad guy. I don't know if he's ready to play. Like I have huge belief in him long-term. He's an elite athlete. He looks out there physically the part, but what you hear about Keely coming out was like technique needs to be worked on, not great at finding the ball in the air, that type of thing. But I think what his, his special trait is his athleticism. It would not surprise me if like, they put him on IR for the year because it's going to be hard to carry seven cornerbacks on the roster. So yeah, I, 
but it's a long I, time I, like, away, but I just wouldn't assume that because of day one at training camp, the guy in Josh Joba was here last year is ahead of Ringo, who was a rookie. That that means yeah. that you know, especially I think it'll depend on what Ringo can do on special teams. Like if his athleticism can translate to special teams and yeah, he can make no, plays there, that. then I think he'll be on the roster. I agree with you. I don't think there's any chance they're cutting him. Like I think he's either on the roster or Phantom IR. But look, I don't. Look, and I thought Josh Job did a nice job with them last year, but I don't think Josh Job is necessarily a reason to keep your fourth round pick from making yeah, the roster. I don't think he's a lock. Uh, sorry, I don't think Josh Job is a lock. I just, they did hold him on the roster all last year. I, no, I get to, your yeah. point. Yeah, I get your point. I'm just saying, and I could see it happening with Ringo. I just think it'll depend a lot on what he shows and if he could play special teams. Because I think if he shows that athleticism and can help on special teams, he'll make the roster, I think. But I yeah, get your no, point. I think it's they, a certain I think they want him to make the roster, but yeah. I do want him to He's a fourth round pick. Yeah. And that's one thing I don't think we've talked about a lot. When we talk about the offensive line, I'll especially get into it. But this is a team that's expected to win the Super Bowl. So there is benefit to having guys on the 53 and like active on game day that have NFL experience that are ready, that you feel more confident putting into the game. Like Greedy Williams has played in the NFL. Keeley might end up being a better player. And maybe by week seven this year, he is a better player but he's never played. So there is like that kind of, I think with backups, especially that get thrown into the game. If there's an injury, there is that to consider with who you want as your top backups. Like the Eagles should prioritize developmental guys. That's how you restock the roster, all those things. But the other part of this is that they are a win now team. So I think they would benefit from having backups that have played snaps before. Yeah, look, uh, it's going to be, I mean, it all depend on on what they feel, obviously, in terms of talent and all that. But I agree yeah. with your, and, and I don't know if it's ring or not, but I agree with your general point that ultimately, if it comes down to someone who you care about keeping on the roster for the long term or someone who can help you win this season, I will take the someone who can help me win this season right now in this moment for that type of role. I totally agree with that. Um, all right, but 23 minutes into this pod, Jalen Hurts, I don't even know if his know. name's been said. We'll get there in one sec. Download the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. I mean, like, but this I mean, is about to start, guys. Like, what are we doing here? There's so much amazingness coming up. Pro football future bets. I mean, we will talk more on the Bet Parks all, all you know, leading up to the season, but there's so many great future bets on division winners, on conference winners, on who's going to win it all, on uh, who's going to lead the league in all kinds of categories, yeah. the, the MVP race, all that. There's so much fun stuff to bet on. Plus, Live in-game baseball betting, folks. I'm telling you, I keep saying, put a he baseball game on. I keep saying it. A team goes down <laughs> two nothing in the first inning, and you're getting like plus three hundred odds. Yeah. It's crazy. It's the first inning. So many opportunities to make money with the Bet Park Sports Casino app. Soccer action is happening. You bet on that. Women's World Cup oh, is happening. Beautiful. Yeah. So Messi and MLS <laughs> is happening. Yes. Me- Messi's chance of scoring a goal, his odds must be like minus four hundred. Per game, which is wild for soccer. Like normally you almost. Oh yeah. Yeah. Plus. It's sometimes plus. You'll yeah. Get, sometimes you'll get like Holland or what, like at, at a slight minus, but Messi is probably going to score in every MLS game he plays. Unbelievable. What a crazy thing. And you can bet on it and you can win money on it. And uh, of course, in addition to that, so many other great ways to bet. You could do the same game parlays, which we love teasers. And again, these future bets are, are a real opportunity to have some fun and make some money. And you can do it all with the Bet Parks, Sportsbook, and Casino out there. Also, official betting operator, the PGA Tour. And here's a great deal for you. All new users, if you bet $10, you get $125 in Sportsbook bonus if your first bet wins. BetParks.com has all the terms and conditions. New users are winning bets only. Sports bonus bet must be wagered. One, see website for details. You must be 21 in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, or Ohio. Gambling problem. Go on, Andrew Gambler. So we would all agree it's hot outside that we don't have to go over that again. We know it's hot when, well, 
Look at what I'm wearing. Well, look, you. hold on. A sweater. You are wearing, wearing a, a sweatshirt. It looks like a sweater or a sweatshirt. Look at you. Yes. Do you want to know why? Because my HVAC is producing cold air Boom. and it's being held in my house. It's that simple. Like it is very hot outside, but inside it is cool because I have good windows. And because, because of that, everyone's talking about how hot it is. I have a sweater on inside. Having great windows is important to keeping your air in your house. It's that simple. Like that is, you might like HVAC and that go hand in hand. So, you know, on this pod, we only endorse one window company. It's the only one we use. It's the only one we tell people to use. And that is Window Nation. Of course, you can get in touch with them. WindowNation.com, 866-90-NATION. There are tons of ways to get in touch with, with Window Nation and make sure you tell them we sent you. So as part of doing this, they send us a fact sheet with all these like cool little window facts and window nation facts. And I've read a lot of them to you, but there are some that I was, I went, got to like page four of these. Oh, some deep cuts. I like this. I thought this one was pretty cool. Over 1500 custom vinyl window combinations available. Wow. Talk about being able to have some personality with your windows. Like someone walks in and they go, man, those are not windows I see often. You go, well, I had over 1500 options. And this window best, fit, best fits my Go! personality. This is the one I feel best is my type of window. So keep the cold air in your house. Increase the value of your home. 96% of their jobs are done. No follow-up needed. And make sure you tell them we sent you 866-90-NATION, windownation.com, the official window of Go Birds. Boom. Tell them we sent you. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Uh, all right. Um, let's, uh, let's get to Hertzy. What happened with, with Mike? And again, as we discussed last year and, you know, talk about being proven right. This guy. Um, <laughs> but I don't care how he looked. I'm just so excited that he's back on a field and talking mm-hmm. to his guys and leading the team and being Jalen. But how do he look? So it was just like a regular day for Jalen. Like, I, I don't think he was bad. I don't think he made any throws where it was like, oh, yep, that's why they paid him $250 million. So I had him down as six of 10, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, I talked about how good the defensive line was. I think that is part of the reason why. Also, shout out to the corners. The corners had really good practices yesterday. There was a few throws I thought were good throws by Hertz that were fell incomplete because he because like Bradbury made a great, great play. I think it was Reed Blankenship. I think this was against Hertz where he stripped the ball out like the corners and the defense was really good yesterday. And that's part of the reason why they did most almost all red zone. In fact, they actually did all red zone. So of the the 21 reps he took, took there was a lot of him having to run. Like whether they were designed or not, I think one or two of them looked like they were designed, but he had to move quite a bit. So he didn't actually end up attempting a lot of throws. If you want to be 
bury this in the pod where only the nice people are listening and no one can say I'm overreacting. He did have four touchdowns on day one yesterday, uh, uh, last year, only two yesterday. So not as good of a red zone performance from the first team offense, but he was, he was just like perfectly fine. Jalen, he was not good, not bad. Nothing which is which is what he is at practice. Like again, yeah, like we've kind of learned here, yeah. Jalen is not going to jump off the field at practice. Like that's just not his game. Like he'll play, he'll be out there, but like Jalen, like he's just a different dude when the lights are on. Like it's what it yeah. is, you know. Yeah. It's like and me. I, it's like me thirty minutes ago, barely able to function. The light <laughs> goes on, bang, boom. There you go. Um, and again, like off of last year, one thing I definitely underestimated was how good the defense was going to be. Like we knew they were talented. But I definitely, when when assessing practice last year, probably did not take into account how good the defense he was going up against. I think yesterday, and you know, no big deal to me, just making sure everyone, like this is personal growth for me. I'm looking here and saying the defense was really good yesterday. So I don't think it reflects poorly the Jalen. Personal growth. I'm saying the defense was good. This is real growth for me, guys. Well, I mean, we all know by the beginning of the year. I'm focusing on the year. See, you're you're really burying the lead here, and I know why you're doing it, but let's be honest. The real title of the pod should have been the real number one takeaway, Sean Desai. We got a real defensive (laughs) coordinator here. The yes. defense looked well, awesome because we finally got a real defensive coordinator here. Oh, just, Thank you, I, Sean. Thank you, Sean. I, Welcome. Well, Sean decides talks on Friday, so I'm sure people will be very excited Ooh, when he gets up here and says, like, I'm going to love lucky, blitzing and all these what things. What a yeah. lucky break for him, especially because, like, obviously, I think, look, it, the funny thing about Gannon is, and, you know, anyone who's listening to this pod knows we have freaking battled about not, it. Not a fan. No, but but it, it was funny because it was with Gannon where it did kind of come back, like the Niners game, and we're going to cut these bleepers, yeah. whatever he did. Like, it was like, oh, the Gannon, all right. And then it, like, such a tumble immediately right after with the Super Bowl, and then, of course, the tampering, the whole thing. Like, Sean right. Desai, it, like, could not be walking into a more advantageous. Yes, everybody wants from a to fa- Exactly. From a fan perspective, especially, look, Eagles DC, we know, can be a very uh, scrutinized position, even when yes. you do a, good, a decent job. I think Desai coming in with a real, uh, you know, nice head start. Yeah. Um, so offensive line stuff. Uh, Cam Jurgens, excuse me, Cam Jurgens, as expected, was the starting right guard. Nick Sirianni talked about it before practice. He said pretty much like this is going to be the guy. He pretended as if there's going to be competition. But if you remember in 2021, he also wouldn't call Jalen the starter until like mm-hmm. a week before the season. We all knew he was the starter. It's the same thing with Cam Jurgens. He's going to really have to lose this job. And Tyler Steen was the backup right guard. He would be, I would assume he would be the guy if Jurgens were to be injured or play poorly. But one thing I've underestimated and I think is worth like putting out there is are they really going to put a rookie at right guard? In, in front of you. their $250 million quarterback with this offense, those type of receivers, like think of how between good two Hall of, of Famers, you know, between two Hall of Famers. Yeah. Which, which helps him to be fair. It but helps also- him. But just the idea of like, I mean, the, this is late. Like who knows? This could be Kelsey's last year. Like you think Kelsey right. wants you to throw a rookie next to him. Like right. Jurgens has been here learning from him for a year, learning the position, learning both positions, learning with Stoutland, yeah. you know? Yep. So I wonder, you know, Dennis Kelly, it goes back to the point you made about the cornerbacks, like same kind of idea of like yeah. someone who's been here, but they're trying to win the freaking Super Bowl this year. Right. So you know? I'm a little out on the idea of Steen's not going to take the job from Jurgens unless again, unless Jurgens gets hurt and like Steen's been unbelievable, but I don't or think Jurgens like really struggles or something. Really struggles. I don't think I, he will, I, I'm starting to believe if Jurgens really struggles, maybe they would like 
put Dennis Kelly in there who has played the position before or Driscoll. close with Kelsey knows lane, like maybe sign somebody trade or Driscoll somebody. who's been here. Driscoll, and bit, yeah, like exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, in terms of offensive line stuff, like that's the main story, I guess. Jurgens was the right guard. Steen was the backup. Um, no other real kind of noteworthy depth, depth, like kind of pieces there. Um, the running backs. So last year, if you remember, um, you know, I chart obviously, as I say all the time, every play, and remember last year, Miles, Miles Sanders, didn't start, right? And it was a big thing. Right, that was, was last year, deal, right? Cause, yeah. Yeah, because he had never taken second team reps before. Then he did last year, and it became a big, like, I'm not the backup. Sirianni getting, like, a little in his bag and emotional about the fact that, you know, people were saying Miles was the backup. So this year, Sirianni, and I think this is probably in retaliation, not retaliation. This is probably setting expectations to start camp, but he did back it up on the field. He said yesterday that, they are going to rotate these guys with all the teams. And yesterday was a really good example of that. Rashad Penny got the first carry with the first team offense. So he was the first running back they gave the ball to. You could look into that and say, all right, he's the guy. He's the one they're going to be giving the ball to the most. Rashad Penny took a carry with the second team. Rashad Penny took a carry with the third team. DeAndre Swift worked with the first team and the second team. So by the end of camp, we will see like who carried the ball the most, who had the most targets. And you'll be able to read things from that. But overall, I don't think we'll be able to tell anytime soon what their true plan is to be the main guy at running back. And I think that's obviously intentional. Like they don't want the rest of the league to know who they view as their feature back. And with a ton of reporters watching practice every day, I think they're going to not give any tips on who the main guys. Yeah. Be. Well, and look, and you know, Trey Sermon, obviously I think five and five, but who knows you've talked about how much you like him and he could make the team. And he looked good yesterday. I, I really think the, he could be good. He could, who knows? But regardless, I think with the four that we, you know, and again, it all comes down to health with Penny, but I think they have four guys. They're happy to give the ball to. Like, I don't think it's just mm -hmm. a, Ooh, who's going to be running back. I think they will use all four of those guys. I think Gamewell and Boston will play. And I think Penny and Swift will play if they're healthy. I so, agree. They'll like, all be I, active on game day. That's yeah. what I mean. And I think there's a real chance for them to have packages for different guys and do different things with the, and matchups, dictate things. Like all of a sudden last year, a couple of those game wall games were like, where the hell did that come from? Like, yep. I just, I, I think they want versatility there and I think they're going to utilize it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. So um, in terms of how they looked, like it's tough to say it is red zone. It was like physical for no tackling or thudding. Penny, I guess, you know, had a good first burst out of the backfield like swift looks good at number zero but probably no true takeaways um other than i do think trey sermon looks the part like he doesn't look that much different than the other running back so it's going to be tough like again corner running back they might just have more players than and maybe how we will turn these into draft picks we'll see but uh i think um i think the uh running back one's going to be tough to make a call uh, a call at the other one marcus Mariota. that dude just might suck man that dude, like, <laughs> like, again, I compared him to Usain Bolt as a runner. I think as a track star, he'd probably be awesome. And you've heard a lot since he's been signed, and people that have watched the quarterback documentary can probably speak to this, that he seems like a great guy. Yesterday after practice, his family's there. Everyone's coming up and holding his baby. Like, I I have always been about Mariota. I'm sure he's a nice guy. It does not – it brings me no joy to, to say this. But, man, he was bad yesterday. And – he was not good in Atlanta last year. One thing we've talked about this before, where if your team signs somebody and all the opposing fans are like, Oh, thank God this guy's out of here. 
the amount of Falcons fans that were in my mentions yesterday when Mariota fumbled that ball being like, yep, told you. And like, da, da, da. They do not like Mariota in Atlanta. And part of that is maybe how the season ended, the whole stuff. Yeah, and how he kind of like left and all that. Right. Yeah. But, but it's probably because he wasn't that good beforehand. So I don't know. I, like, he's going to be on the roster, I would assume. I'd have to look at the dead money cap hit. I, I think he's going to be on the team. But he was not good yesterday. And for all the talk about how he can, they can do more running stuff with him, you still have to be a functional thrower. Like, you still have to be able to run the offense. And, Good news for him is Tanner McKee's a rookie. Ian Book didn't throw it. Uh, or no, he threw it one time yesterday. It was a touchdown, but it was on a check down. Um, like, so he doesn't have competition there. And it's going to be tough to find a better backup at this point than Mariota, unless another team decides they just aren't going to compete and they trade you the backup. But Mariota was four of eight yesterday. Like I said, the interception to Christian Ellis, one of the worst throws I've maybe ever seen in a training camp practice. It was literally right to him, like literally right to him. Christian Ellis did have to jump to get it, I guess, but not a good, uh, not a good day for Marcus Mariota. Um, and yeah, I think it's just gonna be something to watch because again, a team that's trying to win the Super Bowl, he does have experience, which is good for a backup, but no playoff experience. If I'm not mistaken, maybe no, no, one he game. playoff games. No, he beat the chiefs. Remember that big game with the Titans? Oh yeah, that's back. right. Good point. Big so, so yeah. He, so he does have playoff experience. That's a positive. Um, but I'll just be curious to see if he keeps struggling, like how truly committed they are to him. I, look, I I like the idea of Marcus Mariota in that coming in, I wanted them to get a backup who could move. And obviously, mm -hmm. to your point, look, I want a backup who could throw first and foremost. I agree with you. But like ideally, a backup who could throw, but someone who can move so you can at least... You know, it, it hurt last year watching Gardner Minshew try and mimic what Hurts did when they would run the offense through Gardner. It was like, it's like th this dude just, and I like Gardner as a backup. We've talked about that, but like this guy can't do this stuff. Like it yeah. looks ridiculous yep. having this guy run this offense. So I was like, get someone who can at least run the offense philosophically, what you want to do offensively with Hurts, like someone you can move. Um, but yeah, like it, Look, everything you hear and have heard so far, and also last season, Mariota was horrible. Um, the only hope I have is is he's here with this coaching staff, and you hope that this coaching staff can kind of get him where they want him to be, and he can mm. be a functional. Because look, like we all know, if her, like he's not gonna be Nick Foles. I feel like that's a once in a lifetime. No, uh, you know, you, you don't pull that card. You don't pull that card too many times. Like if something happens to Hurts where he's out for the season, like we're, we're screwed anyway. I think can Mariota come into a game or start a game for you and give you an, that all I need from him is that I need him to just make a few plays in a game to kind of get you win if you need one. Cause if it's more than that, we're screwed anyway. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I will say too, like for as much as we talk about it as the benefit of having a running quarterback is that you can do this stuff. Jalen does like from a continuity standpoint. Yes. Like that's, I feel like that's why my we talk point. About it. That's well, no. And point. I think that's true. But the other part of it is just, it's a great skill to have. Like, totally. like Minshew didn't have the skill, which is why totally. Minshew is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. So, yes, Mariota can run, and it is a great skill to have, and it helps him, but it all starts with passing the ball. And 100%. yesterday he was uh, – And was smart there. decisions and all that type yeah, of stuff. Which, you know, yeah, So, But I, I'm um, hoping the coaching staff can get him there is, is, I guess, my hope there. Yeah, so last two kind of on-the-field takes, um, and I actually have like a Sean Payton Nick Sirianni take for you but oh yeah all right so did not see that coming Love i know it. me either but this is this is the beauty of the football this is what football we do buddy this is what um, we do from the receiver standpoint nothing really stood out uh dallas goddard had two touchdowns in the red zone um i think he's gonna be a bigger part of the red zone offense this year i think jalen does want to run it less in the red zone and goddard is a natural 
guy to be in the red zone. He's an elite receiver, elite 50, 50, like all those things. Huge. So he had two, two, two catches yet, uh, two touchdowns yesterday. Nothing really from AJ Brown and Devonte Smith didn't really do much. And then for the third receiver spot, Quez Watkins, Alama day, Alama day is a cakeus. OZ Oz, our guy. Um, <laughs> didn't really do much. He got some first team reps, but he was not up with the first team. So the suspicion and the, you know, what we kind of knew Quez is ahead of him. So really not much to take from the receiver spot. Uh, and then the last kind of on the field thing is the punter. Um, Ty Zetner, I thought had a few really nice punts from what I can tell about being not a pun expert from watching on the sideline, but he had one or two where he like the guy, the punter caught it at like the four yard line near the sideline. So it looked like directionally, it was a good punt. I don't know about hang time. Um, Aaron Sipos was there. He was punting too. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, here's I think what I'll say. Here's Zetner what I'll was say. also the first player out of practice. So there's, yeah, there's and a- look uh, again. At least the dude has a live leg from like the videos I've yeah. seen. Not that you know, but at least it seems like like Sid Boss. Like it feels like you know, like the dude can't punt it a certain distance. Like it doesn't even seem like it's mm-hmm. in his leg. Um, I just my thing, and I, we did it all last year. And oh, hey, guess what? Freaking mattered in the Super Bowl. And yes, I know the field was part of that too. He, he you know, like Sid Boss was falling as he was punting and all that. But like, I, like. I said it all last year and I will say it all year again, unless they rectify it. Like for a roster that is built to win the freaking Super Bowl, to have the best roster in the NFL, to have all this fucking talent. I said fucking because I was so close to cursing there. There you go. All over the field. And you put all this, like you make this brilliant roster. Like don't freaking like nail in the punter position. Like try and find a good punter. Don't just say, oh, well, everything else is good. Like the punter won't kill us. And I know we're not going to punt that much. Like I expect this offense to, to go for it on fourth lot and to be really good and not punting is not going to be a huge part of their game. Like don't mail in the punter. That's what I'm going to say all season long. My counter to that would be, I don't think they're mailing it in. I think they like that. He holds, I think they like him more than us, but the fact they have competition does show they're, they they know that he needs Good. to at least feel the heat and play better. I mean, two punter spots on a 90-man roster is not something Howie does often. So noteworthy to me that uh, they have two punters. So those would be my full – oh, Hassan Reddick didn't practice. Just something to keep an eye on. Oh, no. Was he did there? Not pract- he was there. He showed okay. up, but he did not practice due to groin soreness. I don't know. Just He's been tweeting a lot. He's been like very uh, hyped up, yeah. you know, yeah. like uh, he's been like I'm ready, seven like, for seven. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing he's doing like, you know, so I, I feel good. I feel like he'll, he'll, I don't think he'll get no, I'm not saying like be concerned I, about his health. I'm just, no, like, I know you are. We yeah, know, yeah. look, we've, I know what you're saying. We've, yeah, we've, yeah. Done, we've done this thing, but you know, yeah. I, I think like, uh, fingers crossed. I'll say that. It'll be fine. It'll I don't think it's going to be an issue, but like it's just, um, all right. What else? Anything else? Uh, stand out? Um, no, that's it from practice. Uh, practice tomorrow, obviously, it's going to be like 100 degrees. We'll see if they move it up or if they move it inside. But yeah, but uh, we tomorrow. will be back again with the pod tomorrow, even though yes. I'm off. I'm You'll doing it. I will show um, up for for my people, for everybody. You always do. The roadies always get your, your max uh, I effort. love you guys. That's Let right. me give you my uh, Sean Payton. Let me Payton tell you, I'm freaking tired, by the way, buddy. <laughs> Long couple of nights. So, yes. Yes. Well, it's good. Uh, it's the truest thing in the world that vacations just make you more tired. Like yeah. that is always what happens. All right. So if there's one thing you read today, dude, Sean Payton did an interview with USA Today and he obliterated the Broncos last year. Like just ripped wow, them in really? every single way. He was like, they, they had too much hype. It was a joke. The PR staff did a bad job. 
like oh, it was like you know wow. oh, he, he ripped into like the culture he ripped into how players had to have much freedom how they couldn't snap the ball like he just like he said and I, this is paraphrasing but not by much he said everything they did last year we're gonna do the opposite like he wow. ripped them Good. so here's why i think it made me think highly of nick sirianni and would be my answer to people when they say what does he do the things Sean Payton ripped, and I'm sure he was not a fan of the offensive scheme and play calling, but the things he ripped were like the culture, how the quarterback was treated. The, the It's like little things in the building that he felt was a, was a losing culture. And he felt that the head coach had a poor job of pre-snap penalties, right? Like coaching things. Nick Sirianni is great at those. So if you want to say like, what does Sirianni do? Read that Sean Payton interview and know none of those things are a problem with the Eagles. So like play calling matters, all those things, but that's what Sirianni does. And we've talked about it on like, why is he ranked low on these lists and blah, blah, blah. They, the Eagles were a bit of a mess before he got here and now they no longer are. And he's not the sole reason Jalen's a part of that, how he's great at his job, Jeffrey Lurie. But I think like what Sean Payton showed was how much a head coach matters in terms of being a CEO of a team and creating a good culture. And that is what Sirianni is elite at. And it was, you know, in my takeaway, the main reason Sean Payton thinks the Broncos sucked last year. So everyone should read it and it'll make you feel better about where Sirianni's at. Dude, you know, I've, I think he's elite, 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 elite at culture setting, yep. at culture building. I think he's also elite. And we've talked about it. I don't think people understand how elite is it at accountability and getting mm -hmm. guys to buy into what he's doing. And like when he told, or when Zach Ertz was Zach Ertz told that story and we've talked about it in the morning show 10 times, but when Zach Ertz told the story about Sirianni at practice, how he would put the number, if you messed up a play, if you had a missed assignment, yep. he put your number on the screen. He'd be like 86 missed assignment. Like, and like he, Zach was like, you never wanted your number on that screen, man. Like you felt like an idiot mm -hmm. when you're and like, and like that, like, and, and Richie was like, I've never heard of a coach doing that. Like that specific thing. Like, I've never heard of that. Like, that's awesome. Like what a, what a neat idea. Like, and I yeah. feel like Sirianni with his speeches, with his motivation, with all these things he has, he is so clever and creative at getting through to these guys, whether it's accountability, whether it's about motivation, whether it's about uh, love, whether it's about connectivity, whatever mm -hmm. it is like he, and it goes back to this teaching thing. And it's something that we love. The moment he started talking, well, the moment he started talking, we're like, this dude's a teacher. He's a teacher. Parent mm -hmm. teachers. His whole family, he believes in teaching. I, I think that that is really translated in a wonderful way to what he does. So Jason Kelsey told this story on the 94 WIP morning show. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's from six to 10 WIP. Oh, no, really? Oh, yeah. wow. It sounds like you're um, right And he sure. said what Sirianni's message was to start the season. And he told, I didn't know about this story because I'm not a big boxing guy. But he told the story about when Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson oh. as like a 42 <laughs> to one underdog. Real and quick, real quick. You did not know the Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson. I have no idea. You've never... No, no, no idea. <laughs> I watched so. it live, Elliot. I watched I'm it sure live you did. Like I mean, that. it was in like the 50s or whenever. So I'm sure. No. Uh, no. <laughs> Big deal, man. It was the most shocking, like legit yeah. one of the most shocking sports. But I thought it was an awesome story from Sirianni basically saying like, you know, and I guess he like used quotes and stuff. Mike, Mike Tyson, Billy, I didn't prepare. Well, the trainer yep. said I didn't get him prepared. His coach said I didn't get him prepared. Like it does not matter what you've done. It's about right now. So I thought that that was a good one from, uh, from Sirianni. Oh yeah. It's a great one. And yeah, it's like the all time, all time underdog with like one of the all time ones is certainly yeah. in boxing. Like that was when Tyson was like felt as unbeatable as any it's certainly in my lifetime i was young but he was like the most unbeatable thing that ever lived in my life and it was like mm -hmm. 
You, you couldn't beat Mike Tyson and then knocked him out. And that's how you um, feel about the Eagles. So you're, you're damn right, buddy. <laughs> you're damn right. I feel amazing about this team. I really do. I'm so excited. And look, I think coming in here, like, you know me, like nothing you're going to say about Jalen in these practices is going to like in any way make me, you know, feel worse about him for the season or whatever like that. But like this stuff about the Georgia guys, like that's the kind of stuff that, that, can get me even more excited. You know, those are the things that I'm looking to hear. And, you know, I think this was a good day from that perspective. Yeah, it was a good first day. Excited for day two. It sucks. Day three is not until Sunday. Like it's every other day, but excited. We're back up and starting. Love it. All right. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Elliot will be out in the heat. We'll get it to you sometime in the afternoon, like, you know, yeah. early afternoon, whatever it is, whenever he's done and, and we'll, we'll link up and make a pot app and I will, uh, start. Make my schedule around it. My day off. Yes. Go get I love some you guys. Sleep. Wish me luck. I love you guys. I am about to nap. You are yeah. damn right about that. Uh, all right. Uh, good luck at Dennis. Final thoughts. My friend. I don't think I have any. I've been in such football mode. Like, I think that's okay. Yeah. I have one. Okay. All right. Then I, don't I have one for you. I have one for you. Okay. Um, so Emily and I, uh, it's already over. We're way behind, but we're watching the newest season of Top Chef. Okay. And it is Top Chef, uh, like world all stars. You know, it's the first time they're getting like all these people from like Top Chef India, Top Chef this, Top Chef that, or whatever. Every show should freaking have shows with a bunch of people with accents on it. It is such a delightful watch, man. I got this French woman with this amazing accent. I got this like Indian guy with this awesome accent. I got this, yeah. you know, like Spanish guy. Like me- there's a Mexican guy. There's like all these people from all over the world, and they have like. It's just such a beautiful, like, mel- like I love accents, period. I think accents make anything sound better, a British accent, whatever. Like, I am, like, a sucker. But, like, hearing all these different accents and these people talk together and stuff, it's, like, really awesome. And you see all Dude. these different world perspectives and all that stuff and to all these ways that these people approach life differently. More shows with more people from different cultures getting together and doing stuff. I love it. So- I agree. I don't watch the Top Chef, but a lot of soccer pods have people from all over. Oh, sure. And the accents, yeah, it does It does add a ton to it. I agree. Like, I love living in Philadelphia, but it would have been cool to have, like, a sick accent. You know, I agree, be, dude. I the agree. second you talk, people are like, this person's sophisticated. Ooh, ooh really that cool. guy. Yeah. Yeah, like that without – I actually do have a final take. Ah, yes. Or final thought. Okay. Like – what are we doing with motorcycles? Like, what is what is wow. common sense here? I'm driving. This is from driving to Charlottesville a few weeks ago, and I just I forget where. Maybe it was there. It wasn't somewhere else. And I know they're breaking the law, and I I understand that anything when you break a law becomes more dangerous. But these motorcycles that like zig in and out of traffic, oh, and the wheelies in between the two cars, oh, yeah. they go on the right side of the road, and I, if they were following the laws, it wouldn't be as unappealing. But I think from a general, just common sense standpoint, I'm surprised we've allowed motorcycles to be a thing. I'm just shocked that we allow motorcycles to drive on the same road as a car. It seems extremely unsafe. People are too reckless with them. I think if you break a rule on a motorcycle, you should never be allowed to drive it again, like point blank period, for your own safety, but the safety of others. If you're driving straight and all of a sudden something zooms up in the middle, like it throws you off. So I'm out on motorcycles. Well, so I think... It comes back to what we always say about bikes, this and that, whatever. It's like follow the laws of traffic. Everyone yes. should have to fight. You can't go up the middle of a lane you you know, can't in between two cars just because be you're in a motorcycle. Like, you can't do that. No, yes. you have to stay in the freaking lane and drive like a car. Now, and also, like, can like riding a motorcycle without a helmet, like, what the 
I agree with that. One, two, three. What the fuck is wrong with you? You I agree. fucking moron. Like, that's yep. my response to those people. Every time I see one, I'm like, you are a fucking moron. Like, you are just fucking dumb. That is my yeah. response. I can, so I'm not a motorcycle guy, obviously. You know me. I'm not I, I don't guy. think either of us give off motorcycle but like, guy vibes. I could, uh, I can under, like, a guy on a Harley, like, taking his time, cruising around, like, following the laws of traffic, who's just, you know, I yes, can I agree that. with that. Like, yes, I can like, understand that. I can see how that's like a joyful thing and the wind and all that stuff. Like the freaking earmuffs one, two, three, the shitheads moving in. Like we're talking about the wheelies, the like, yes. like motoring up the middle. Fuck all of them. I, I 100% agree. Yeah. So that that's my take. Like I also have always thought like only four wheels should be allowed on the road. Like eight, like 16 wheel trucks seem I remember this take. What yeah, a take. What a take. Motorcycles especially. Like they serve no purpose other than people having fun. And that's it. And like the road, sorry, like the road is not to have fun. It's to be safe and to get places. So nice take. No, no, it's a great take. And I am big on, again, I wish I never had to drive anywhere. Like whenever you get in a car, you're spending money on gas, spending yes. money on wear and tear in your car. You're opening up the opportunity to get into an accident or to get hurt or whatever. And literally the only thing is it gets you from A to A to B and you need to get from A to B. Like, that's awesome. Thank mm. you. But like everything else about driving sucks. Like it's all downside. Like there's no upside to any of it, you know? Unless you're listening to the Go Birds pod in the car. You're damn right. Buddy. There you go. Damn right. All right. Um. So this was awesome. I'm happy. It was we're fun. Feel for the juice is flowing. Now I'm going to go yeah. like all my energy has been used. So I'm done for the day. <laughs> well, enjoy um, your nap. Thanks, buddy. I will. Is it, can we call going to sleep for the night at noon a nap? I'm not. Not sure. even that much different than your bedtime, <laughs> to be completely honest. All right. We will. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Not too long. Yes. It should be pretty easy. All right. Until then, he's William James.